my brother, my brother from another mother. How you doing, my man? How you doing, man? It's nice am, to be here. Tell me about it. Tell me about it, bro. That first, I want to apologize about yesterday with this app, and um, and also I, from listening to you, man, you know something. You, I, I am your Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Sensei? Yo, man, look, um, I'm cool, you know what I'm saying, taking care of some business, man, and like I was going to say today, I'm learning, learning myself, man, thanks for the opportunity, man, and I know we got a lot of things to cover, I remember a little bit, but we're going to do this round two, and I'm going to do this and give you this condensed, dope interview and this information, man, thanks for having me, Amari the Rebel, Tribe Shack, representing Brooklyn. Say no more, people, you know what it is, this is the... Special smoke episode of the Smokers Lounge here on Anchor, the perfect app for who's trying to start their own podcast. And all you got to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get yourself a profile. You can start a podcast like me and this man here and make money with it. I am your host, Kevin Arbor Summer Champ, a.k.a. The Porn Rap Star. Y'all know what it is. Find all my links with one link, allmylinks.com backslash porn rap star. Also, we are sponsored by the LS. The Facebook of LS Community, I'm talking about lsworld.com. Go there today, get yourself a profile. We're also sponsored by the hottest magazine internationally, showing you all the sex appeal from all the countries that are not the United States. I'm talking about Eroticism Magazine. Go to Eroticism Magazine today and subscribe and get a monthly subscription as you get to see sexy ladies from around the world, from Mexico, Italy, France, Spain, you name what country, even probably shot them. So go to Eroticism Magazine.com and go ahead and subscribe today. Also, we're a proud member of the GW District Black Podcasting Network. We're talking about multiple podcasts, giving you the black experience. Plus, while you're there experiencing some shopping from over 500 black retailers and sellers. So go to shopgwdistrict.com, buy black, support black businesses, build the black economy so we can create generational wealth. And you know what it is every Monday night. It actually is Monday night as we're recording this. Every Monday night. Monday Night Smoke on K97FM, the official radio station for the porn community. 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I sit down and chit-chat with somebody from the industry as we discuss the business of porn. Now, I done got all this shit out of the way. <laughs> now, where were we? Let's just begin. Well, you, you do it all, bro. Let's just, let's just put it out there. You do it the fuck all. You're a male talent. You're a podcaster. You throw parties. Uh, you, you do it all, man. <laughs> yes, man. And I try. I try to do it the best, man. And um, first of all, I want to try to do this little recap and see how we can do this. I'm going to shout out to you and shout out to the illustrious guests. Like, I'll be listening to this mural that y'all have come on here. Like, I'll start it off. I want to give a shout out to a couple of personal homies like Giselle Lane. I had a recent shoot with her and Throw Goddess where we mixed BDSM kink with sex. And that was dope. Y'all got to check out my OnlyFans. Also, shout out to Shoot Her. I know homie's name. It's dope. Shoot Her. 
This is the high quality adult content. If you're in the NYC area, you want to check out that interview with this man and shoot her and put you on game as far as what you need to do to move your brand forward in adult entertainment, man. Hit that English nigga up. Yes. 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 Shoot her as English. Y'all niggas don't know that shit. That's my dude. He's from the land of tea and crumpets, you bloody fools. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, if I can, um, let me, uh, yo, for those who don't know me, I'll, I'll try to let y'all know how I got started. You know, um, you was telling me, he says you were inspired by checking me out. So for people who don't know, I go through this story about how we got here. My name is Jamar the Rebel. First scene I shot in adult content was 2012. And I also started radio the year previously, 2011, with a BBW content creator named Madam Trixie. Pause. You remember Madam Trixie, right? Yes, I do. That's my boo. I always had a crush on her. <laughs> That's a fine her answer. Face. Yes, her face is flawless, man. I remember, yo. Look, she was merging the adult content industry with her on-air personality talent. You know what I mean? And she tapped mm -hmm. me to be the co-host. I fucked up and I was like, oh, damn. I thought she said eight in the morning. She said eight at night. And then I ended up being like one of the side of characters. But that's how I got my start. And uh, as a personality, I grew up in an artist family. You know what I'm saying? My mom, she... Uh, feminist black lesbian also has like multiple like she does poetry and stuff like that my brother's a battle rapper and shit we've been creating i've been rapper so um starting my journey was like this so fast forward a little bit all right one day um and actually the group chat with my nigga shoot her and a bunch of other people we are a part of this community see if you begin the podcast every one of this podcast he gives a shout out to a brand for black people in the LS community, the lifestyle yes. community. So I was exploring my journey and stuff like this. I started just wanting to get a threesome. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So how one the, the day that I actually joined the LS community, I had a show, I was rapping. They had a rap group called BBOD. They were on Love and Hip Hop New York and they were casting for a reality show. Mm -hmm. I was living in your state. I was living in North Carolina. Oh, I looked snap. that up. Yes, I looked it up on FetLife, and I found this, uh, and I found this uh, company called Lethal Seduction. That was the first lifestyle group I've been a part of. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. I actually heard that day. You know what I mean? Uh, that was in like 2017. So went to my first party and all of that. That's when I got to understand how group chats work. You get to learn a little bit about like lifestyle, community language, and I was posting things about you know, my photography and experience for the little adult content that I did do. So I learned about that. It was fun. At some point, I wanted to do something my own. That's when I met Pegasus. And then I'm going to, we're going to come for like a, another interview with both of us. And we're going to get more details about our brand. But um, that's when I met Pegasus a little bit later in like 2018. Met on Instagram. She and her cousin. See, in Zori Kabila is the organization that I'm heading now, right? And her cousin, Phoenix, Pegasus's cousin, she was also the person there as the administrator. She brought me on board, like, yo, look, I want to expand. I want to tell you. And I said, yo, let me tell you some things that I've learned in the time period when I was in the lethal seduction group, right? 
So I'm going to put this information to the test. Phoenix had other stuff to do. And and I ended up filling in her spot. And Pegasus and I, we became a team. Right? So we throw parties in an NYC in Jersey area. A lot of Jersey parties since she, Pegasus, is from Jersey. So the pandemic happened, like I explained. You guys remember when everybody was on Instagram Live, we were locked in our houses. The way we entertain mm-hmm. ourselves and stay connected, virtual. A lot of Zoom meetings and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what we did, like I explained, <clears throat> Tribe Chat actually started because we wanted to cheat the Instagram algorithm. What I was explaining is when you're on yeah, Instagram. Please break. Yes, please break that down. People, he's giving you knowledge. You need to listen. Tell him you're... Turn up your, your your laptop and your phone. Go ahead. I got to do a lot. I had to learn a lot of marketing and, and stuff like this. You know what I mean? So we're on all websites and shit like that. So check. When you're on Instagram, what you are trying to do is to, like, get more exposure, how you get up in the algorithm when they see you on timelines and stuff like that is by having people look at your post longer. When people look at your post longer, that keeps them on Instagram longer. So they will reward you by keeping people on Instagram longer by pushing your content up in the algorithm. They'll make it more available because you become an asset to Instagram. You know what I'm saying? So the way we were to cheat that is, in an Instagram live, if it's long, it takes a long time to consume that content. So if it's about an hour, you're looking at my page for an hour. And the more you do that, the more you'll be looking at my page, thus pushing me up, up, up in the Instagram algorithm. So this Mm -hmm. is one way how we got popular. So Mm -hmm. once we started doing it, I had some experience. Then people started to go, hey, look, I want to talk to you more. Why don't you let me come on your Instagram live? This is to help make it more interesting. It became more of a thing. Then we got more guests, other people in the kink and adult industry. They came on Instagram Live, right? Mm -hmm. So now, here's where we were, right? So check. One day, we on Instagram Live, still during the pandemic, you know, celebrities, they're real open about letting people on their platforms. You could be somebody relatively unknown, and you'll Mm -hmm. be talking about Joe or something. Mm -hmm. So we get on Instagram Live, Fat Man School. He's talking. He's having other people come in. Yo, this is my show. Such and such, you guys know. If you're from NYC, you're familiar with Hot 97. Batman School been on that radio station for years. He's an alumni there. And he had a show on MTV called Man and Wife, where they talked about sex. This is what prompted me to try to tap in to his live. So when I tapped in, I didn't think I would get on. And I was looking at my phone. And when I was getting ready to put it down, you know, you see the little circle. When the live Mm -hmm. improved. He let me on, so I tried to go hard or go home. I wanted to make an impression. People, this is a phenomenon. Everybody, a lot of people like sex. And sex is an interesting topic. No matter how long it's been around here, it's fun to talk about. So he heard, wait, Swingers Club? Such and such? Wait, 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 wait. We have to talk about that. So he hit me up on Instagram in the DM. And we discussed having me and Pegasus come back on his live so that we can have a follow-up full interview and we can talk about Enzori Kabila or MK Swingers, as you know it, and what we do as far as parties and a swinger lifestyle, how we know this. 
the mm -hmm. day that, like I was explaining, yo, the day that that happened, Snoop Dogg was talking to Fat Man Scoop. Now, Fat Man Scoop talks to a lot of celebrities and stuff like that. He's a celebrity himself. He mm -hmm. talks about a lot of shit. They have a lot of interesting conversations as a celebrity, period. But this particular one was with Snoop. He specifically wanted to talk about East Coast, West Coast beef. So there were like mm. 2,000 people on his Instagram live tuned in to hear Snoop and Fat Man Scoop talk about Biggie and Tupac. And I learned, even as a hip hop fan myself, a lot about that. You guys can check that out right now on Fat Man Scoop's Instagram live. You scroll and you'll see when he's wearing a bright ass yellow hoodie and Snoop is talking to him. And they talked about a bunch of things towards the interview. They wrapping up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, look, we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of comments, uh, a whole bunch of uh, a, a whole bunch of um, content and things like this here. We're gonna talk about sex. We're gonna talk about swinging and stuff like that. Snoop is nodding his head. He's like, I'm gonna bring my man on here and he's gonna talk to me about this. Snoop is nodding his head. And then he wraps up his interview. And I actually, I'm gonna tell you to this day, I feel nervous. And it's like, I felt kind of, you know, there was a high platform. I didn't think that, yo, look, I'm going to be talking to somebody of this caliber. We, we got accepted to join this live. And you guys can see that on my Instagram. You can see that on Fat Man Scoop. And um, I'm talking about the first, first one. When you see that Scoop and I were on different screens. That's the first time we had an interview when we um, met. And we talked about our brand and sex parties. He made a bunch of jokes. And this is how we got the relationship with him. Once that interview got on, hundreds of people were tuned in already from this um, interview that they were watching with Snoop. So that's how we got like, our shit shot all the way up to like a thousand that day, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. Now, to understand what podcasting was, I was listening to Horrible Decisions. They talk about sexuality and stuff like that. These ladies are the leading voices when it comes to podcasting and open sexuality, especially as black people, right? Space yeah, in New York. So they've been doing it for some years. Yeah, so I was, they have a group chat. I've been a part of it and such like that. And once a month, what they'll have is they have monthly town halls. If you have a fan, they have a group chat for that and you can participate in the town hall where you're on Zoom and you can talk to Mandy and Weezy. And we talked, they let me speak for a second they're from Florida. They're both originally from Orlando. And I talked to them about some swinger resorts and things like this, like Secrets Hideaway and things like that. And they, oh, wait, yo, look, you actually should come and discuss what you know on the show. It's like, you out here? You definitely need to come to the studio, right? Now, mm -hmm. also, you can see this, man. This is <laughs> sort, of a, sort of a topic, but um, <clears throat> before I hung up off of that town hall they said we need some clothes a clothing line or, or like a brand something that the men would wear right yeah mm -hmm. and i'm not no cap no cap i don't want to sound goofy right but i said yo look i said black excellence mm. i swear to god like i can prove that <laughs> yo if you go on a horrible decisions there you can click on their merchandise you'll see black excellence or if and that's a hot name, to be honest. That's a hot name, though. Yes. That's also, it's like they had the the black, and they put the quotation in the sex so like it was black excellence. That's what they, yeah. that's, so that's what we did. 
It got to the point where um, if you guys go on YouTube, if you see Charlemagne had a segment where he was talking about black people not getting paid and such, and Diddy was involved in a little controversy for people talking about not getting paid and revolt, you'll notice Charlemagne the God is wearing a black sexualist shirt on the Breakfast Club. And that didn't. Yeah, I do actually remember that. Mind you, because I saw the episode y'all was on and it didn't correspond. Mm-hmm. Word, word, word. The check, right? So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, what Charlemagne actually does. So um here's how he gets tied into how we get tied into him. So what happened is Charlemagne does a brilliant idiots podcast. Weezy later on, she opens up her own studio called What the Fuck Media Studios. That's where Tribe Chat is shot. You guys should check us out. On Sundays is where we go and shoot in the afternoons and stuff. Before we decided to, I decided that we should start our podcast over there. They shoot in 4K. It's the best of the best. And before I did that, they even have, I learned some of what I learned. It's like a lot of information. It's from Weezy herself. She used to sit down with you personally and talk to you about podcasting and help you with your brand. Now she does it virtually because it's safer. And hey, she's a little bit more popping now. This is before her TV show came out. Yeah, and, um, it's really popping now. <laughs> but see, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what's interesting because I kind of it's just gonna sound funny, but I knew mm-hmm. she was gonna get a TV show before Mandy, just because the way she is, the way that she talks. Mandy's mm-hmm. a little bit. She's too. She too real. Why? Weezy got that that persona that fits TV. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I see. I understand. With the when it comes to certain subject matter and stuff, and how she engages and stuff like that. Yeah. But Mandy, so Mandy, M- Mandy also has a little bit of a bigger uh, social media uh, profile than Weezy and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. Mandy, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But check it out. Um. So this is what happened. Charlemagne has been fucking with horrible decisions for years, so he decided to. So supporting, he shoots there at What The Fuck Media Studios. They mm-hmm. shoot at What The Fuck Media Studios. I shoot at What The Fuck Media Studios. Mm-hmm. Wayno from um, Everyday yeah, Struggle, he, shoot, yeah. he shoots at What The Fuck Media Studios. Andrew Schultz shoots there. So check it out. It's oh, all like you went you into every goddamn body. Shit, man, I hate I don't live in New York, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is where, like, you got to be, like, uh, one of the things is like it's, str- it's strategy. I know where I am, and I want to be in the right spots, right? So this, of course, I want my product to be good, but it's also who you know. So how I ended up with them is we were talking about something else, and they said you'll come on on this Saturday. I came on the show. I talked to horrible decisions, and that's a large part of where we got our notoriety from. Even to this day, when people see that, and they also are more welcome to come on the show as a result of like how they heard about us. That did a lot for the brand. People came yeah. to my party saying, yo, look, I seen that episode, thanks. It, it felt real good to be recognized and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? It was new to me to have people say, yo, look, man, I seen you. I'm like, yo, my homegirl was joking. Like, oh, you got fans? I'm like, yo, I mean, I don't know. So check it out. You, introduced to, you got introduced with a podcast that had cachet. You feel what I'm coming from? It's kind of yeah. like to correlate with the porn. When a mm-hmm. big time, Porn star, whether it's female or male, bring you on set. It's a mm-hmm. it's an open 
that you step with that makes them respect you. And it, and two, also, when you shoot with a known porn star, per se, it also makes the fans look at you in a certain way. So same thing with podcasting. Right. With being on horrible decisions, automatically mm-hmm. make them say, okay, this motherfucker big time, because horrible decisions just ain't going to have anybody on there. Word, word. And, you know, they just ain't gonna have the run of the mill walk up on that on that set. Even in their early days, they didn't do that. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because even when I looked at this stuff in the early days, I said, damn, Richard, Richard Kelly was on there once. I said, God damn, them motherfuckers was killing it back in the day. City girls. Yeah. yeah. Lisa you know, Ann. That's what I'm saying. So it's kind of like I like they were doing their thing. They were doing their thing with Mandy had long black hair people. Mm-hmm. Let's show you how much so, I've been watching them. Let me um what I wanted to get to a little closer to the crux of the point. So mm-hmm. I um a lot of things like I'll be telling, like I was saying before, how I deliver the podcast and such is is based on a multitude of my inspirations. One of the biggest inspirations, like I say, if you guys notice how Tribe Chat sounds and how I always try to do this, a big inspiration to me is a lot of people on radio and people who do like the late night comedy shows. The Stephen Colbert's, the John Oliver's, people like that, of course. So um, <clears throat> if you notice how I try to deliver information, it'll sound a little bit like last week tonight. Now, um, I, because in Tribe Chat, we are the underdogs in What The Fuck Media Studios. Everybody that comes there is more popular than us. So to offset that, I'm like, yeah, I want to be the best of the best. We have to grind harder. I have to mm-hmm. study the equipment and study things. Like, when I talk to Wheezy, some of the things that we do on the podcast, she'll be like, wow, that sounds like that would be a lot. Like, the shit that we do with the sound effects and shit like that, she was like, I don't necessarily... I specifically wanted to do that because she thought that that would be really difficult and difficult to try to fucking execute. And yo, shit, we got that. We got that shit right. So mm-hmm. one time, um, Fat Man Scoop actually comes to the studio. Nigga come late as motherfucker. We talking to Ariana Starr. Shout out to my friend, Ariana Starr. She's a personal friend of mine. Anybody who's listening, if you ever saw a movie called Baby's Kids, she's LaShawn. She was in that movie with yeah, Mark Houston and Tone Loke. And Donald Faison, you know what I mean? We got to develop a relationship. She even came to one of our parties. You know what I mean? Her and her new dude from San Francisco. So check it out. That interview was fun. But from doing what you need to do, hard or soft, they actually hit us up. And they hit me up directly. And I think that was Orlando or how they was like, yo, I would like to be, I would like, we would like to be on the show. I was like, yeah, that sounds like it come through next week. I told them that. That's a good luck. I said, yeah, this is, they are a podcast. Two dudes, Tahoe and Orlando Roy. They also based out in Brooklyn. And they had a live show with um, Exotica and all of that. You guys should definitely check them out. Anyway, they came on the show. They did not know Glamazon Tayomi, who also is, you, you, you definitely need to know who Tayomi Morgan is. Glamazon Tayomi. Yeah, I know Glamazon. Yeah, I you know she's her. a you know she's an ordained minister, right? Get the fuck out of here. You gotta watch that episode again, man. <laughs> she's talking about that. She's a twin and an ordained minister. She can marry you <laughs> legally. <laughs> Yo, but check and, this shit and out. And get ride dick and get ride dick and get ride dick like no other. <laughs> exactly. It's marriage material right there, bud. <laughs> yeah, Orlando and Tayomi actually didn't really 
They ain't really know. They weren't affiliated with each other. I don't think they was affiliated with each other before that episode. Since then, she came on the show, and they seem to have. They be posting a whole lot of sexy, intimate pictures and shit. I'm like, oh yeah, shout out the tribe chat, man, building these connections. Anyway, they came on. It was fun as fuck. She's also like I told you, she's a twin. We talked about a bunch of shit. My nigga Orlando talked about. Niggas talked about accidentally licking period blood. Yo, Tayomi talk about how her her twin. Yo, that shit was funny as hell. You gotta, you gotta click He's on that ass. again. Yeah. yeah, I gotta go back and watch that. Licked on some. You remember when? Remember when Tayomi was talking about like when um when they was like yo when um Heart of Soul was like yo twins and then Tayomi was like you had the best pussy. Remember when Tayomi was talking about how she fucked her um her and a twin sister fucked the same dude in the night? Nah, I. See, 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 like, like I said, I, it's, man, I watch so many podcasts. Of course, I watch y'all, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's like, you remember certain parts of it, but. Yeah. So, I, like. I, um, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, like, that's how that ended up being my favorite. The better the shows and the more quality that we're able to do, having different types of guests, it's about my show. Our mm-hmm. slogan is, we make you think. We make you laugh and we make you come. It's about alternative sexuality from a black perspective. So the more we are able to talk about sex in a more creative way and challenging way, it makes the show more dynamic and interesting. So it's like I have him on it, then I have like yo, we had Lady Paris talk about Ron Jeremy. I had somebody from NYU, a NYU professor came on my show. Her name is Dr. Jana Brangalava. And she wanted to talk about her, she has a course called open smarter to teach you how to open your relationship and shit. She's a, she's a real doctor. You know what I'm saying? This, um, what I was trying to encourage everybody, when you have these types of guests, the more range, it shows the range in how you're able to engage subjects. Yeah. The range that we're able to talk about sex and stuff like that is what makes it interesting. This is how our brand got like that. Like I said, um, we took a lot of inspiration from like um late night talk show hosts this is why i try to come with information and research a lot of the information that we have and stuff like that also as you know the breakfast club is a big impact on me because i'm a big fan of the breakfast club and all of them there and what they do which is a large part of how the tribe chat show has a hip-hop feel and also why during season two we have a new segment because you can you can um Learn a lot. I open with my news segment, Habarigani, which is Swahili for what's news. And then I also, as much as we learn on the show, mm-hmm. we now, I have one segment dedicated to roasting people. There's always some funny, goofy shit goes on, going on nowadays. So this is a new thing that we get to do because I'm like a, known for like a crude sense of humor, like a shock shock. So this is how I get to doing what I do. But, um, Moving forward, we wanted to get into more live shows to take the brand into the next level. So we got into that. That's where we're at. We offer a bunch of things. Like there's even merchandise. You can check out the Enzori Kabila clothes. There's even the Enzori Kabila OnlyFans, along with Mons, where we have our sex parties. Sometimes there'll be content from the parties. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So we're moving in the direction to elevate alternative sexuality. You know what I mean? Linked up with some other companies like altplayground.com, which is a site dedicated as a dating site for people in the LS community. You know what I mean? And I was yeah. even got to be featured 
you know, on a site called Swinger Help. You guys should definitely check that out. There was a section that says uh, resources for swingers of color, and they put me on there. Shout out to y'all. <laughs> See, but um, guess where we at? Yeah. And um, I wanted to uh before I um get into the next uh subject, what I say is this: Yo, um, do what you guys can to the best of your ability. This is what guides me. You know what I'm saying? Go hard or go home, and. Really challenge yourself to be as creative as you can, man, for real. Like, you're I'm gonna not. Tell you, I'm going to tell, tell you what's interesting, right? It's funny because mm-hmm. the reason why I'm quiet, because a lot, of, a lot of my fans be like, you know, damn, he ain't talking. Because, see, understand, it's like I'm also soaking up the knowledge of what he's saying. You feel me? Because mm-hmm. I've only been doing this for a year. Now, what's crazy, when you told me how long you've been doing podcasting, I mm-hmm. said, well, dang. I thought you would do <laughs> You know how some people, when you look at them, you think they've been in it for years. And it's just, they're so good at it. They might not have been in it that long, but they're just so good at it. It looks like they've been in it for years, you know, period. And to hear your background and where you came from. Because even with me, when I started the podcasting, uh, everything that happened and the way it came has been organic. You know, even to how Smokers Lounge came about. Because that wasn't even my first podcast, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and and um, and also to the subject matter of the adult film, because like I said, what yeah. I like about Charlie the same token, and as well as what I'm seeing a lot of podcasts are doing, and we, and to me, I think we we taking it further than what horrible decision is taking, is that we talk about the crux of sexuality. Mm-hmm. The business of sexuality. See, that's the one thing that people don't really talk about the most in a lot of podcasts. I noticed that with y'all, y'all discussed that. I discussed mm-hmm. that, man. Because when people come into it, like for example, you throw parties. You have motherfuckers yes. that throw parties, but don't know a fucking clue how to throw one or how to run it. Trust me, I've been on a swinger party that. Mm-hmm. Why did you do it? <laughs> well, Why? This is swinger. This is swinger party. This what you call you. You just wasted my fucking time. You wasted my night. Thank you. Thank you. For fucking my night. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like that's why I do my podcast because I want to show. You know, I don't. I, I, I have my issue with sex work, but sex worker. But mm-hmm. every aspect, spectrum of this business, this world, of what we're in. You feel what I'm saying? You know, period. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it's kind of like, when I look at y'all podcasts, yeah, I can see y'all the metrics sticking me the way. Not more so than that of horrible decisions. The reason why, because y'all talk to porn stars. Y'all... Talk about the business. You know what I'm saying? One, because you mm-hmm. do the business yourself, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like speak to the importance of giving that knowledge. Being what my man Karis once said, entertainment. Yeah, man. And also, like, you get to challenge yourself when you really get to know it. 
and try to learn in and out, you know, this is what really helps you. But like I said, a lot of what I do comes from learning. I'm a learning machine. I'm a real big proponent of this idea that knowledge is power. You know what I mean? Like I just, like I said, I learned so much from listening to Shoot Her interview. Like um, I told you before, right? Yo, I used to work for Amazon. Oh yeah. Cause I look at this like, this is like a journalist thing, right? So I used to work for Amazon and like, yo, one day I was at the warehouse and then, yo, there was a lady standing out there and she was like, yo, look, if you want to talk to me about what's going on, it's a white lady. She passed me a card, right? And I've been friends with her ever since. Her name is Grace. Grace Ashland, right? Shout out to Grace, right? So, yo, check. <laughs> the truth is she works for this organization. I don't know if y'all heard of it. It's called uh, the New York Times, right? So... They got a gold standard, been around forever when it comes to journalism. So I wanted yeah. to learn from her. That's how I tried to like sharpen skills. I asked her like before I started tribe chat, like a few things as far as researching and engaging guests and stuff like that. You know, because she was up there. How I able was how I was able to get her help. They wanted to do a story on how Amazon was exploiting labor and shit, and I participated mm-hmm. in that. And I helped, um, to be honest with you, fuck it. Like, you know, because I'm uh, like, I don't, I don't know. Um, since I'm where I'm at right now, if anybody gets the New York Times story, those screenshots yeah. <laughs> of the of what the app looks like, I did yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah. Amazon hate That's the fucking He's a whistleblower. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I went to his swinger party. I hate him, but I love him. <laughs> they, oh my God, Amazon is old. Amazon is like, man, that's so bad. I see why he went to the podcast. That wasn't it. You see, they got a, a newspaper, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, called AF New York. And then, like, I oh, think I see it. Check it out, right? Listen, they had a oh, yeah. protest in front of, they had a protest in front of Jeff Bezos' house down in Manhattan and a friend who I met through like the activism circle had me come out there. Mm-hmm. So I was there, you know what I mean? And I was speaking, she was like, oh, you're such a great speaker. Cause this is, these people always tell me this shit. So I did, mm-hmm. according to them, I got fired two days after that, huh? Good. Over some other shit, but it just happened that same <laughs> week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I'm gonna get around you, man. We gonna be tripping, bro. It's gonna be damn <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> but that's exactly how it happened. So check it out. So I was just like honing my skills like that. That's how I was honing my skills and stuff like this. So like to understand, like, yo, like with the uh the, with the activism circuit, this is where you should be present. I said before, yo, everybody uh Y'all should definitely listen once again to sh- to the interview with Bobby and Shooter. He gets into so much games as far as watermarking things that you want to do to get in the industry. But like yeah. I said before, you guys, you don't have any content, right? In addition to everything that Shooter said, think about doing some of the philanthropy work that will help push the entertainment, adult entertainment industry forward and the. Uh, but see, but see the thing of it is, but see, but see the thing of it is, it's let me tell you what it is. It's called mm-hmm. prepping. The reason why I'm saying that is because what y'all just described, how I got my start in this business with the BCB Street Team. I think it was in I was doing music, and I needed a way to push my music. And what was the thing Word. back in the day? 
video vixens, chicks. This is when you had uh what's the name of that goddamn website with all the models on that bitch? Um God, what's the name okay. of that website? Huh? Hip hop honeys was one of them. Hip hop honeys, uh it was nowhere you can find models, but I had over a hundred models spanning the globe that were sending me pictures the whole night or what have you, and I would use them to push my shit. You feel what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, by the time I did do adult film, my shit was being known because one, especially on a local tip, because I was going around with chicks, throwing parties with chicks, mm-hmm. introducing the BCB girls and stuff. I made them same type outfit when they walk in the building. Like, yo, we wearing red tonight. I want you to dress up like schoolgirls because it's college night. You know, period. We go into the uh, the car shows, taking pictures with the cars. I had them used to. Right. I used to print them out. You know, uh, flyers where they could have the guys pay to sign the flyer. They could buy the flyer. Them girls made money. You know, period. Right. So I call that prepping because you're somewhat getting yourself known for that. So when you do start it, it's not such a surprise, and it's not so far fetched. And plus, you already starting that. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So, like, the reason why I said something about the act the uh, advocacy is because yeah. there's a lot of people who are doing work for people like us. The APAG, yeah. that's the Adult Performers Actors Guild. That's led by the legendary adult industry performer, Alana Evans. She's doing a lot of work. If you get your Instagram taken down, you talk to her. If you're having problems with getting your payout from OnlyFans, you talk to the APAG, the Adult Performance Actors Guild, and Alana Evans will help you. BIPOC AIC, led by the legendary, beautiful, Google Miss. I'm in love. Yo, for real, like I said, there's a monthly stipend you can apply for. If you're having problems paying your rent and your bills and stuff, they give out about, like, they, was, they were giving out, like, $500 mm-hmm. for sex workers who are black, or specific, specifically non-white. They were based in NYC, but they're all around. You now, can now get... I'm going to ask you this. Now I'm going to ask you this. I ain't going to interrupt you. There's a lot of yeah, people yeah. that's be saying, well, I'm not a big-time porn star. I'm, I don't make a shitload of money on OnlyFans. Does that matter? It does matter because, listen, there's so many issues, you know what I'm saying, and so many different facets of how, like, we live in a sex-negative society, you know what I mean, and this affects everybody, you know, there's a constituency of advocacy called sex worker outreach, they break it down, they out here in Brooklyn, that's my favorite one, they do, um, they give out meals and stuff like that, so if you're not, like, like, let's say, for example, you're not big, yo, you can do something as simple as talking about what you want to do and booking on your DM and Instagram or on Twitter. You can lose your platform for that, right? And yeah. you need somebody in, that has the advocacy, that has the, the leverage to be able to do something about protecting your re- your revenue stream. There's swap behind bars. So even if you're not big, you're still subject to a lot of the discrimination that will lead you in the places where we get our work criminalized. You know what I'm saying? No matter how big or small you get, you know, if you're on OnlyFans, like I said on Horrible Decisions, you know, sex workers, we can we contribute to the national economy because we pay taxes. So we're just like DC. We get taxation with no representation. You know what I mean? If you are able to get the Freedom of Speech Coalition into the lobbying, because they're doing work for on 
They're doing work in Capitol Hill. We'll have more rights. Everybody big and small. Like strippers will be able to be considered employees instead of independent contractors. You know what that means? If you're a stripper, then you can get benefits and you will get nine of five and they will legally protect your job as a stripper the same way everybody else's so-called nine to five job will get that same protections with equal opportunity there will be no racism discrimination it'll be safer for you if we actually bring much more advocacy whether you're a big star whatever or you are a relatively known star what happens is if you report that you get your uh, income stolen, law enforcement will be on your side. Sex workers like, yo, uh, Giselle Marie, and even my sister, Mahogany Ross, they reported being assaulted. Law enforcement will actually be able to protect them, and they won't be afraid that they'll go to jail for reporting crimes and violations against them. And even on a level where it's not something that has to be legislation, it's the idea that everybody can get to make their money and perform now, without now, now their sex negative ask you this you in manhattan now they have made a decision and i don't know how far they're going to go with it but they started with not prosecuting girls for let's say prostitution yes um, i talked about that on um, episode two yeah so so which i know you had your ear to the ground how did the ladies feel about that especially in manhattan well, um, to tell you the truth, you know what I mean? We had, I reported that like there was about 900 cases that were going to be stopped and overturned and there were about 2,000 that were dismissed. You know, so there's, uh, th- it depends on what types of laws that we're talking about. You know, legally you can be topless. There's no obscenity law for a woman to have a breast out and such like that. But mm-hmm. we're working on making sure that that includes sex workers on the street, online sex work, and we've taken it to the level to where they're not criminalized. Now we want to take it to the level to where we can protect somebody so you can't lose your job for having an OnlyFans. So it starts there. So that's what we're working on now and making sure that, like, you know, somebody isn't able to utilize uh, your sexual online history against you and stuff like that so that much more of like revenge porn laws yeah. they expand to protect people from being like what we call outed because the discrimination that you face from being a sex worker whether it be in work and school like that we still need places to insulate you from some of the backlash yeah. that people can put against you even to, even to the, i recently had an episode which i haven't aired yet, of a guy mm-hmm. that he, he was going i can put visitation because mm-hmm. Him and his wife does porn. It became an issue with him and the visitation the way it went from he was getting the child every weekend to now he had to do supervised visits. You get what I'm saying? So for what y'all talking about, people, we're trying to get it all the way down to the municipal shit. Because mm-hmm. what we do, make this fucking fucking clear. And I'm about to get real here. And I don't give a fuck if I piss off anybody. Go look in the employment. United States of America 2022, you will see adult film star, actor, and actress in there. That means it's a legal profession. Yes, we need to be. 
Yeah, the fight for 15, the fight for like livable wages and stuff like that. We yeah. want to push to make sure that sex workers are in, that are included in the labor conversation. Because like I said, you yes. know, it's about it's yes, more it's money. It's about billions of dollars. It's a trade. It's a trade. Mm-hmm. Because let's, let's look at the definition of a trade. You have to learn to do something to do it correct. That means you go through an apprenticeship. That means you go through you know, say all that shit, right? You're doing the same mm-hmm. thing with you're doing the same thing when you're doing porn. You feel what I'm coming from? Plus, on top of that, you telling me independent business owners can get fucking insured. Independent business owners can get fucking PPP loans. Why can't mm-hmm. an adult film actor, actress, escort, what have you, stripper, be able to be access to them same loans? Why do we have to sit here and show you every fucking bank account there is and explain? What we do in order for me to get a fucking apartment. Yeah, man, for real. And like if we get the understanding that look, yo, everybody has sex, it's natural. You know what I mean? And people like a lot more people love it than you think. Like you guys should come to the parties and stuff. You should see. Like people love fucking. You know what I mean? It's pretty fun, man. It's a great it's a great it's a great uh, aerobic activity and such. I said something too, speaking of sex and stuff like this, also like it's like a, a lot of comedy that we do and we end up learning shit and we end up sharing like resources and then we end up sharing things that we know. Which brings me to No Nut November. Okay, you heard of that shit? No Nut November. Please explain to me what the fuck that is. <laughs> I didn't see it. I saw it last year. I said, why I can't nut in November? Well, All right, No Nut November, you know, um, according to Alana Evans, that actually started off like you know, from organizations, some whack-ass organizations like Exodus Cry Fucking Babies <laughs> who tried to push the sex-negative agenda and anti-porn agenda by telling you that jerking off is not healthy right so they're telling you that if (laughs) yo even kodak black posted this shit semen retention so the idea bobby what the fuck (laughs) listen no listen the idea is look by not jerking off and, and and not busting a nut for like a whole month you're going to build up all the natural enzymes and build up all of that testosterone because when you jerk off in your skeet, you're shooting out vitamins and testosterone. <laughs> and you're going to keep all of that in. And it's like, you're going to be so manly that even a woman can smell you when you're not jerking off. Like, women can smell when you're not beating your dick. That's some shit because they'll be able to tell that you'll be retaining your semen. Let me tell you. I don't even want to spoil the last episode that I did. Well, that's bullshit, okay? So, first of all, man, you guys could look up in plenty of organizations who did research on this, from Planned Parenthood to Men's Health Magazine. Yo, there ain't no, look, no evidence. There's no proof at all in semen retention. There's no evidence that you shoot nutrients out of your fucking sperm. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to say this, I got to say this. Tupac said it best. If nothing feels better than a nut. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. As a matter of fact, um, when you frustrated, um, a nut helps you out. A yeah, there's science on that. You got to get to know yourself sometimes. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that's Self-love. not an opinion. That's actually science. Because um, scientifically, uh, you will be at less risk for depression because sex 
And um, masturbation actually helps you sleep, which also helps regulate, you know, the amount of stress that you're able to intake. Because you have less stress on an average level, it actually boosts your immune system. Ejaculating uh, enough times helps reduce the amount of prostate cancer and also keeps your heart healthy and healthy erections. All of that information, you guys can go on menshealth.com and each one of those bullet points are backed by verified research. So... Jerk off, man. And see, and yes, because see, cause see, I'm going to tell you the reason why it helps with depression. Because when you're a man, you're going to imagine the situation that makes you jerk off. Which is going to it. think about it. When we sit there, we're going to the bathroom, wherever it is, and we imagine. We may imagine she's a maid or what have you. So in our team, you're making yourself feel good. You're giving yourself the endorphins. You're feeling good. Your chakra, your tantra. You know, I had uh, uh, Lucia Gabriella. Shouts out to her. She talked about the tantra. She talked about or she's basically an orgasm helps. It relieves mm-hmm. so many things. You know, period. It makes you the thing that you busting you happy. You're in a good mood. It's like smoking a blunt. It's smoking blunt and busting that is even better. I'm just saying. <laughs> it you took a see? minute to add. I was exhaling smoke when he said that. You see, see, all, all it is, I'm, I'm just saying, it's nothing wrong with self love. It's okay, mm-hmm. fellas. Trust me, you'll love your wife even more. <laughs> Yo, check this out, man. Um, speaking of porn, right? I'm gonna go into another seg. I'm gonna go into another segue and such like this. You was talking about loving your wife even more, and when you feel yeah. good, right? So you yeah. have going DJ Vlad. And you go and you'll look up an interview by a porn star. Her name is Chanel Hart. This information was a gem. You know what she said? What she said? said, there's nothing like being pretty and being fucked. So what she broke down to me was what the ladies like in porn is, which you gentlemen, you should know that women, they like to look good. You should try this as an experiment. So when she gets home from work and such, how she is on her regular day, have sex with her, right? Now, what I also want you to do is try this same sex, right? But like, wait, 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 wait. Before you do that, it may sound extra. Glam her up like she's going to be in a porn video. The reason why that's going to make a difference to the sex is because she'll perform better when she feels better. If she feels sexy, then she'll act more sexy. Mm -hmm. So if she feels like her hair is immaculate, and this outfit is crazy, and she has her nails done and her makeup done, you're going to appreciate the visual because she's going to look above average than she does to you, and she's going to feel better. This is how porn stars typically look. They're glammed up for the performance. So this is why they're enjoying this. So you now, should definitely try that. Make the woman feel sexy. It'll take you a long time. Now I'll tell you what's interesting that you, you said that, right? I'll just say mm-hmm. Now, I, all the girls I interviewed, especially the Mills, they started their, their porn career after a divorce or a long-term relationship, mm-hmm. which the sex was boring, the guy didn't make her feel sexy, the guy didn't make her feel wanted, and then she got away, then she got out of the relationship or marriage, and now she's just when she does porn and she feels more confident and sexy. So what you're saying is basically so fucking true. Because, fellas, that female that you're not making feel sexy could probably be the biggest freak in your lifetime if you just 
be able to unlock it. You must know how to understand to unlock your wife's inner freak. That's what he's talking yes. about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because it don't take much for us. Don't don't really take much for us. But see, for women, <laughs> you got to use it. You got to do your... You, you got to be smart about it. You got to be meticulous about it. Because, see, the thing of it is, is she wants to feel like no matter how old she gets, she's still the same sexy that she was when you first met her. Think about that. Smoke that over. Word, word. Yeah. Let me say something else. That segue, I brought that up for a reason. Go ahead. One thing that we talked about is this controversy that we get into, which is like semantics to me, a word game, the word yeah. content creator versus the word porn star, right? So okay. I wanted to, I, when I spoke to you before about that, I told you that like the back and forth goes with like a popular porn star said on Twitter, like, oh, look, somebody that I like. Mm. Everyone's a content creator and they shoot their thing. It's all greasy and stuff like this. And they... Everyone does content. So I guess what they're saying is, without the gatekeeping, that there is an influx of talent that comes in that rains the quality down when everybody can. Now, I'm a martyr rebel. I've never been a fan of gatekeeping. I'm always a fan of people being able to control whether or not they want to pursue their dreams. So on the other side, the content creators, they tend to be typically angry at the porn star and the porn star label because... Like I say, this is an analogy. Think of porn stars as people who got a deal in a major record label versus people who are content creators who do music, who are independent. They have the agency to do what they want and exercise their creativity without it being mitigated from oversight from large companies. They can work more on their terms and things like this. But, of course the mainstream industry affords you the ability to get more exposure fast. Content creators push back and say, we have more control over our money, right? Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Um, I want, we have Tribe Chat. We talk about alternative sexuality from a black perspective, a black perspective. The Chanel Hart was on a website called Come Bang, right? One thing that we talk about, all right, one thing that we talk about, whether it's in content creation or even in the LS community, as we are black people and a black organization, you know, I'm I'm all the way fight the power. You know what I mean? That nigga Chuck D follows me on my vanilla Twitter. Yo, um, racism and porn. And this is a real complex bullshit issue. There's too much of the racism and how this influences the way the content is made, how the content is marketed, and how the content is consumed. On an episode of Tribe Chat, what I had was a dude named Brian Dwayne, who he live in Atlanta, right? I'm going somewhere with this. He has a site called Black Touch. High-end erotica. Everything is high quality, but only black models. But when you notice how he shoots, the, the labels that he puts in and stuff like that, he says that, yo, it's a story-driven narrative. You get to see hardcore sex and fucking and such and cum shots, but they have names and the way that the characters are treated, they're like whole people and such. And what Brian Wayne says is one of my favorite things. He said that, I know how we have 
the you know you want to protect the status quo you don't want to feel like your porn is changing for the bad but there's the aspect it's getting better because when he mentioned he said when a black person the average black person you know they can't really say a black porn site they'll talk about tasty blacks and such he says the majority of content that black people who watch porn is not black owned it's actually just featuring us and we don't necessarily you know what i'm saying and the problem with look just because you kink the same different from how i kink doesn't mean your kink isn't good kink just because you don't black the way that i black doesn't mean that you're less black but mm. we don't want to keep the status quo that pushes us in a position where for us to have content it reduces us as black people to just fetishize versions of ourselves to BBC fantasies and mm -hmm. Queen of Spades. Yo, you know, I got into some big arguments about how that label Queen of Spades is hold offensive on. and it doesn't, it don't belong to white people. And hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I got to say this. I'm about to give you my theory on all that shit. Cause that's why I want mm -hmm. to stop. I will for a moment for you to start like tell you. This is my theory on this. I'm gonna ask you this question. I'm gonna ask you a serious question. First of all, what does BBC, mm -hmm. BBC Slut, Queen of Spades, and Queen of Spades, what is actually them terms just in a blank statement? Well, actually, it's, it's, it's a rhetorical question. Those terms are basically one, describing a black man's penis, and two, slaves and submissives who are submissive adore, worship, and love black men. Am I correct? That's what those terms are used for, right? In all sense that's what, Yeah, that's what they allege. Oh, okay. okay, then. Now, a couple years ago, and I know you do remember, it was an explosion of interracial porn, because let's be fucking frank. Interracial porn was a fucking anomaly in porn. Before 2010, it started to pick up a little bit. Porn was already separated, black, white. VBW wasn't even a, a thing just yet until Crystal Clear came around. And shots out to Buster Baby Dog because she started that term. Let's make that clear. So everybody know where that term came from. My, I know my history. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden after, what's the name? Fifty Shades of Grey. Before that, you had Liz Ann, and let's make this clear, Sarah J with the main females, fucking black dudes on camera and made a point to do that. One of our girls doing that shit. They want a lot of sites for it. They want a lot of DVDs like that. Mm -hmm. Then BDSM became the shit. We're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. I'm starting to see Queen of Spades, BBC, Slut, all this shit, right? Which glorifies the black man. Guess what, male time and porn, my brother started to get more work. What color? Well, brothers would Black in this men. situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but let me finish. Now, guess who ain't getting work now? White male towns for some part. Because interracial became the moneymaker. We're not talking about black woman with white man. No, they want to see white girl with brother. Preferably small white girl with big dick brother. You feel me? So... Mm -hmm. 
once again, like my man, Mr. Nancy said, to the world, black, white people are inherently good. Black people are inherently bad. So when a white man does something bad, it's a good man that did something bad. When a black man does something, it's his true nature. Funny how if these was white terms, we wouldn't be having these conversations. Actually, it wouldn't even bat that fucking eye. But because it's glorifying the brothers, and the brothers are getting ahead with this, because this also go back to, I talked about the new, the new reconstruction era. Go back and go listen mm-hmm. to this shit. I broke it down. Porn is part of that, bro. Porn is part of mm-hmm. the Reconstruction Era. And if you know I what I'm talking about, you know about, re- you know about the Reconstruction Era. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Once again, we don't want these, and I'm going to say it, we don't want these niggas to get it. We don't want it. We don't want to glorify these niggas. Because what's the one thing white people are worried about? And it's happening. Hold on. White what people. I gotta say. Go ahead. Um, what I gotta say is this though. You know, I was gonna write a song called Dear White People, man. I, every time I have this conversation, this does come up. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I, I definitely feel like, yo, this is a good time to check out that interview with Brian Dwayne because what I can say is this, like I said, like yo, just because you don't kink the way I kink, it doesn't mean it's less kink. But Thank I need you. to I need everybody to understand that, like, you know, consensually, you know, people do have the range to safely and consensually explore your sexuality on your terms, as long as everyone involved is consenting and they want to do this safely. But what I want to do is be honest about what we talk about, the power dynamics and uneven power structures. You know, white men, they don't have to juxtapose their image and the way they're represented as much as we do with so much negative stereotypes. You see, like a black porn star is called a black porn star. porn star. A famous white porn star is called a porn star. Porn there star. Is Thank you. Called white. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. here's the situation. As much as it talks about decreasing our visibility, the the idea <clears throat> is to add more content so that people don't have to rely on the celebration of blackness. That's the problem, yeah. though. Isn't the problem that the celebration of blackness always has to be limited to the confines of the white fantasy? I don't want to have to be celebrated because a white woman is saying that I'm her fetish. You know, I don't want to be reduced to just my but dick. See, but, you know see, but see, the thing, but the thing of it is, is, but the thing of it is, is, no, 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 I, I just want to say this real quick, then I'm going to let you go. Mm-hmm. The, chaos, the, the, the king of space, the queen of space is a submissive. It's a slave. It's BDSM. Mm-hmm. Where I'm coming from. It's not a fetish because BDSM is a lifestyle, just like swinging mm-hmm. is a lifestyle. You feel me? Now, mm-hmm. if a girl say a black man's a fetish, then yeah, you got yeah yeah yeah. You wrong as fucking hell. But no, in this situation, she is a slave. It's BDSM. It's no different than if it's a black woman who is a submissive to a white man. Now she may it may not be a term for her. You feel what I'm coming from? But it was a term that was made and probably was here long before. It's just no one never said nothing because BDSN was taboo. It was never normalized. So when you normalize shit, now guess what we end up doing? Now we want to be critical. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm coming from? Now we want to be critical. Before 
There was girls saying there was girls getting the tattoos back in two thousand and one. Won't nobody get back in the eye at this shit. But when it became normalized, when it became more girls wanting to do it, that's when it became an issue. No, what became an issue was the fact that what became an issue was the fact that when a woman is doing what became a fact is that a black woman has to do porn with a white man to go mainstream. A white woman doesn't have to do porn with us to go mainstream. What the problem is is that a white woman can charge more just by having sex with a black man, which that doesn't say, that doesn't make me feel appreciated. And also oh, no. celebrating blackness. Hold on. Celebrating blackness does not come at celebrating my BBC. And if you're going to celebrate the beauty of black people and you really think that we're yeah. beautiful, a lot of the queen of spades and stuff like that, you don't see them represent black women at all. They only represent us in a way that we can be packaged that is acceptable to them and stuff like this. Standing up for black people and celebrating us in the porn industry isn't telling us how you love my BBC. It's telling us how you think that we need to be on the board of wicked pitches and stuff like this so that we can make sure that black people get but paid see, just as much as the white performers and that we don't have to be called racial stereotypes on porn as a part of our job just so that we can pay our bills. That shouldn't be have to that shouldn't be something that we have to do. And what is new now is the fact that People have always been speaking out against that. But what is new now is that people have much more power and have the culture of people to understand how this affects people and how inequality is so that the voices are bigger now. What happened is the problem is the same. We just have more people who have the power to actually do something and actually challenge the status quo right now, yeah. like Brian Dwayne. So we, like he said, he himself said that he didn't give up on interracial porn, but like when they say this is like the fetish, it's like that's not a compliment to me because they say this yeah. is wrong. This is why we're doing it. I'm not supposed to be fucking a black guy. This is why I'm doing it because it's wrong. That's not the kind of fantasy that I want to be censored out. And that's not the appreciated. But see, that's the reason why it's time for an all black, all black owned porn company. That's major. See, that's that's what it, you said it earlier. Your man said it earlier. They used to have porn companies that did all black porn, but they were owned by a white man. TT mm -hmm. Boy. Let's look at it. TT Boy, he's Hispanic. Gavor, he was German. See, and, and who's Gavor? People ask. Heat wave heat wave productions. West Coast mm -hmm. white people. There's not a majorly owned black company. And even if it is, here's, here's the kicker. Is he going to shoot interracial porn or he going to shoot ebony porn? Because, see, people don't realize black on black porn was a top seller back in the day. Mm -hmm. Top seller. I keep trying to tell everybody everything. If you really want to go there, and I'll go down the rabbit hole. It's not just a a devaluing of porn stars, no, baby. It's devaluing of black porn. That gotta come through in all facets. They need to make sure that the black performers are getting the AVN awards too, and that the black yes. performers are getting the same amount of representation yes. and such like this. And that the black porn that doesn't have BBC in it, it also is going to get the same recognition and such. And also, yes. we need to make sure that. The the body types is recognized so that all of the girls aren't all yeah. light skinned and they're brushed. We need to be able to get to see more celebrated blackness the way it is. But see, but see, but see okay. if you had more black owned companies, 
Even yes. when it went interracial and you had BBC, you would have had the titles out there. Because remember, we had all black movies that you could say shit about black. They had actual good titles. You feel me? It's the same thing I said when it came to BBWs in Hollywood. The biggest mistake Hustler made was making a DVD called BBW Nurses. Mm -hmm. First of all, you already killed it because you put BBW. There's nothing wrong with a BBW. Nothing wrong with a big girl. But mm -hmm. you also pick a genre that is just going to be a part of the herd, nurse. And there's a guy, so, and basically, it wasn't even a real movie or production. It was just a bunch of scenes put together, girls and a nurse. It's how you package it. And see, if we had black-owned companies, like House of Motherfucking Gold shotting out my girl, G Giselle, you feel me? Yeah. Shoot her. Yeah, Their companies, oh, yeah. Yeah, you feel me? You know, Big Booty Marley, Marley Entertainment, Marley Moore Entertainment. You feel what I'm she saying? When women uh production company, shout out to Raquel Savage and the WAP House on the West Coast. The highway, I, I shot him out too. God damn it. Yes, yes, man. This is why I feel like what's going on with the culture of the content creator birth, man. This is the agency that we need that gives us to tell our erotic stories in one diversity. So this is why it's good to push back against the status quo. And why I feel like, yo, look, man, we need to keep doing it. So you can see all type of sexy blackness in more ways than one. You know what I mean? Like how you're yeah, talking about putting no balance. Because to me, I don't see an issue with BBC Slut, BBC, Queen of Spades, King of Spades, because I'm a dom anyway. Mm. So what the fuck? Why would it? I'm a dom. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, let, let, let's keep it 100. If you would mm -hmm. dom shit, you feel what I'm coming from? You know, to, to keep it 100. So to me, being me in the BDSM lifestyle, it's like I don't see an issue with it. Now, I can understand you why people Go ahead. That's why you should definitely talk to Mistress Marley. She was also in the New York Times, and she was in a lot of publications, Complex Mag, and stuff like this. She has a constituency of black. I'm in a group. I um, met her a few times. Y'all mm -hmm. see me post pictures of her at Exotica. She yeah. has a constituency of all black female doms. They even teach courses how you can make money, Sugaring Academy, and stuff like that. Yo, y'all check out on Mistress Marley. But mm -hmm. when you talk to her, she is going to be 100% honest with you about the fact that, like, you know, you know, when we talk about racial inequality, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's pervasive and it exists in all society. So it's going yes. to be in a community. So the fact that she wants to exercise her sexual agency like this doesn't really separate the fact that those microaggressions can happen. You don't mm -hmm. think just because mm -hmm. you're a dom that someone telling you, oh, you're so sexy for a black woman doesn't happen. Or how that oh, microaggression no, 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 is no, the way no, 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 to pay the white dom a little more than the black mm -hmm. dom. Or, you know what I'm saying? And shit like that no, happens. It's, it's, like, it's like this. Like, for example, as a dom, if a girl said to uh -huh. me, I'm submitting to you because you're a black dude, I don't accept her. Same. You get what, me too. You, you get what I'm saying? Slaves I had they like black dudes, but she didn't submit to me because of it, because she always, I said she was a white dude. Actually, she had a dog that was a white dude. I'm on that. You feel what I'm saying? So it's just, to me, the terms I don't have an issue with. I get what everyone mm -hmm. is saying to a certain extent, mm -hmm. because that's now on an individual basis. 
Because right. she's me because I just, it, okay, it's like this. I never been with a black dude, so I want to be with a black dude. No, I, I can't do that. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, I, I'm just, I, I just somebody on that You feel what I'm saying? Because it's a difference between me being a dom and I'm looking for a slave versus I'm just looking for some pussy. Now, if you like me because I'm black and you find this shit and you white and you about to give me the pussy, I'll take it. But as a fucking dom, no, I don't want you because that means any black dude can come in and snatch you from me. And when I'm a dom, yeah, I want authority. That means that motherfucker have a bigger dick than me. You don't flinch unless I tell you to. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So that's what I mean, which goes to there's a lot of motherfuckers that don't even understand how BDSM works and try to speak on BDSM terms. That's like a white man trying to speak on black experience. Can't do it, bro. <laughs> yeah, King Hef, King Hef, I had the King Hef come on the show, and he talked a lot about stuff. Like, I should talk about, like, aftercare. That's a part of when you do yes, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, yo, also, like, um, damn. So, like, when it comes down to... I'm going to ask you this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk this. Real dumb shit, people. Doms don't pick the sub, sub picks the dom. Smoke that over. Go ahead. Shit, I was just about to like the L to that one too, man. But yo, word, man. Like that actually is pretty, that's actually pretty fun. You know what I'm saying? When you talk about like how, um, this is one of the ways that we talk about stuff on the community when we talk about how certain sex conversations meet. So yes. I was saying, niggas drag, yo, on the season finale of um, Trob Shack, Yo, I got a podcast platform that I'm on. Two, one, shout out to K97 FM, the adult party station. Yes, he is a station brother. Right? <laughs> also, there's, there's another platform, streaming platform I'm on. It's actually called Full Swap Radio, right? So they got a lot of podcasts who do what we do. They talk about sexuality and things like this. A lot of swingers, uh, cuck, uh, lifestyle, you know what I mean? BDSM lifestyle. A lot of sexuality questions get answered on full swap radio when it's a lot of entertainment for that so yo check one specific uh specific podcast that name is you know venus cuckoldress right you guys know on tribe chat um you can learn a lot but i kind of get considered like kind of like a like a howard stern or a charlamagne figure in this shit but i don't really be giving it <laughs> like yo i do shit like <laughs> Yeah, that's sometimes be getting in trouble. Like, I don't have no problem. Like, I be I be making fun of all of these people. I made fun of ASN before I got in there. I was in, I was in ASN magazine. I made fun of Partners ID. So I, ro- I like I be roasting people who be talking this queen of spades shit, right? So there's a podcaster. Her name is Venus Cuckoldress. She's on my um podcasting platform too, Full Swipe Radio. So yo, we looked up a clip where she was talking about the BBC fantasy with a friend of hers. So I took the yeah. clip, right? Yeah. And I listened to it. And I talked about that shit on Twitter with the other people on Full Swap Radio because there are other black swinger podcasts who also do what I do. One like Sweet Life, another one like Dutch Just Cashmere. And they got a podcast for two people called Bomber and Bell. They're in Maryland called Black and Kinky. Shout out to them, right? So we all like we cool. We'll be tagging each other and stuff like that on Twitter and shit. It's like a little, it's a dope, like the little black kinky group. So niggas had a conversation about her clip about BBC 
and her fantasies. So, yo, Bill comes talking about how bullshit that was, right? So then other people jumped in the conversation. It got into some real funny, interesting, messy conversation on Twitter, right? So then it got some interesting. I took the conversation on my show on the season finale. It was just Pegasus and I talked about going to an Atlanta sex club and stuff like that. And then we talked about this conversation that came up in our group chat. That was the last thing we talked about was Venus. And Pegasus and I, yo, that's one of the things that makes it interesting. Sometimes we be going back and forth on subjects. So we got to I got to hear the fantasies that she talked about because they must have been some interesting. <laughs> then I played, I showed all of the tweets from everybody who actually mentioned that, that they heard the clip. And uh, we all happened to not be feeling the shit, right? I guess Pegasus is playing devil's at the time and such. So that's where the uh, the back and forth came. And I ended up dragging her up across the damn show over that fucking clip. And we ended up I mean, speaking- okay, hold on, because I, I, I haven't seen the clip, but just give me a brief for my listeners. What the fuck was she fantasizing? She must be One part got cut out, and like I had um, one part that I got cut out. The part that I really wanted to mention is that she said that I like, uh, white guys for my man, but black guys are who I like to fuck, right? That was part of the, the crux of what I wanted to get at when I wanted to piggyback off of when we had our previous guest, Dwayne, talk about that shit. So I'm saying to her, you don't have the right to try to take that word for yourself. And you don't have the right to try to redefine a term that affects us as a white person because you think that you like fucking us. The, you know what I'm saying? Gives you the right to have access to terms like this. I know what the word spade means. You know, you don't get to tell me who had a grand... I have a grandmother right now, who's still alive, who can tell you clearly what it was like to go to a colored water fountain. Venus is from Canada. A Canadian white woman don't have the right to tell me that she has the right to use that word because she doesn't mean it in a racist way. You know what I'm saying? And fuck everybody who thinks they do. Shit. Okay, okay, you know, okay. I'm gonna make this per I'm gonna say this perfectly clear. You're not doing anything for race relations because you suck a black man's dick, baby. Let's make this clear. Facts. You just black man's dick. Unless your ass went and marched in the just because you posted Black Lives Matter on your post don't mean uh, let me shut the fuck up. God damn it. <laughs> because what you just I'm like that's the equivalent of Layla Falcon, who said, because my baby daddy is black, I have the right to say the N-word. Mm -hmm. She actually tweeted that shit. I was like. No. And I, Man, give, I, Javon, hold on. I give Javon Jordan prop that he still did that scene. That scene when it got done. That scene when it got done. Period. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I know we've been on this. Um, I know we've been on this for a few. You know what I mean. But ultimately, like I say, yo, that's part of what I wanted to stand for. You know, when I see what goes on and around the conversation of blackness, there's a lot that's said and there's a lot that's missing. And Zuri Kabila's logo. The reason why it looks the way it looks, I explain this to everybody. It's a white flag with the uh, the red rainbow colors and the letters are black. It's because it represents how kinkiness is predominantly whiteness and the color is the standout 
and distinctively to carve out people of color in the pink community, in the kink community that is surrounded in a predominantly white space. That's why the Nzuri Kabila flag, which means beautiful tribe in Swahili looks the way it does. We also call it NK Swingers to, you know, anglicize it for people who are having a little problems with, you know, the African pronunciation, because that's part of why we call it Nzuri Kabila. My name is Omari. It's on my birth certificate. It's like some niggas think it's weird that I use my real name. It's like it's some Tupac shit. It's, it's like um, the, the reason why we have Nzuri Kabila and I use my name, my government name, is because it took me a while as a black person to really, like I hated the first name. I never got to see Omari and cartoons and things like this growing up. And when you put your black name on uh, application and stuff like this, my blackness announces itself before I enter the room. So we want to push back on this by making the part of black identity, the black name, something that is less taboo, something that is not considered yeah. like, you know. That's actually a running joke. That's a running joke when you get a certain name. Oh, he ain't going to have a hard time getting a job. Yeah, exactly. This is why that we want to make sure that we, we push back on that so that, yo, look, man, for real, people whose name is Shatima shouldn't always have to be associated with quote unquote ghetto. Know what I'm saying? Because blackness yeah. isn't that. No, it's not. It's beautiful. You know, period. Exactly. It's like, you think about it, I come from Durham, North Carolina, aka Black Wall Street. You feel what I'm saying? You know, yeah. so I know the history, you know, period. We, we had our own bank. We had a lot of shit. And when I talked about the new the Reconstruction Era, understand something. The Reconstruction Era, if I, I'm about to be frank, if, if white people didn't do what it did to us, it's scary where we would be generational. Mm-hmm. But what was going on back then? Now we got a new chance because now the government is willing to us to a certain extent. You feel what I'm saying? That's something we didn't have back then because they said, yeah, we freed you Negroes. That don't mean we got to make sure y'all safe. Mm-hmm. You know, period. Now we got the opportunity. I would talk to a girl about NFTs. You, uh, you know, I'll tell her about how the game is going to end up shifting to porn stars. We'll be getting, you're going to see more porn stars with standalone sites than you have mm-hmm. before in years because of what's going on with the OnlyFans, the minivans, the whole nine, you know, period. So it's, this is the time now that we can own some shit. I'm waiting for somebody. Shots out to my man Ty Stokes, who has a black owned tube site. Go to CarmenLeePorn.com. Black owned tube site. Let's make that clear. Yeah, man. I had to shoot man out. You feel me? Yeah. We need more black owned stuff. We need a black owned platform like that of OnlyFans to start playing with. You mm-hmm. feel me? Because I'm, just like I'm looking in at, at, at the podcast. Charlemagne, black owned. Who is he putting on? Black podcasters. Mm-hmm. You gonna put on your own. Let's make this clear. We keep it some realness here. You gonna put on your own. White people gonna put on white. I sit in North Carolina right now. Oh, you said it on Charlemagne. I just wanted to cut you. I'm sorry, man. Shout out to thank you very much for the black effect for shouting out thank you. chat, man. Because we actually, when we were on Horrible Decisions, we made it to the top 10 of Apple Comedy Podcast on that episode. Thanks, Charlemagne and the crew for giving us that like. Yeah, man. And and, and that's much love, too. And, and he's a Carolina nigga. <laughs> 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 hey, y'all forgot about that. Hi. 
And um, before, like, yo, one of the closing out things that I want to say before we go, like I said, yo, that's why I met the executive producer, who is the boss. Like I said, yo, I'm actually, I'll be talking and I do the writing and stuff like this. I'm more vocal and stuff. The Tribe Chat boss is a, is a black woman who graduated from a HBCU, you know what I'm saying, with a master's degree, with glasses. It is actually not me in Pegasus. You know what I'm saying? You can't see the boss. You know what I'm saying? She's always on the other side. The boss that we're not we be talking to and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, so as far as um, I know, towards the summit, what we got coming up, man. Um, like I said, we throw parties out here in the NYC and Jersey area. I'm looking on expanding the quality of my content. I want to interject some more of my talents, like music and, and a lot of my creation talents. And this so that I can give y'all some dope shit. You fucks with us in the NYC, Jersey area. You should come to one of our parties. And you could always check out our OnlyFans, the Enzorica Bella OnlyFans, for the content. And you can even shop for some merchandise as well, man. Hit us up. But oh, um, like I said, man, um, I was saying before, like you guys talk about um, getting into the porn industry. I didn't get to expand on why advocacy is a thing. One thing that gets talked about is like how women get engaged when they talk about, yo, look, you looking for a scene or you want to do content and such. Why I say that you should start there is because of a few reasons. When you start there with people who are putting in the work, like I talked about the organizations that are helping sex workers, when you start there, first of all, that's a good way to have your reputation start because if they don't know your content, at least they know that you're doing something for the sex worker community. That's a good start. And number two, that's the place where you're going to network with some sex workers and probably content creators. You'll get to see for yourself how to interact with them because while they're telling you, yo, we need this, we need this for our rights, you could do some networking, you get to know them, and you get to really think and talk to them on a daily day basis. So this way you'll learn, like, for example, most sex workers, they have a pronton email. There's a reason for that. You know, you don't talk to them in the DMs about explicitly trying to pay for what services you want, you can lose your platform and they will lose their platform. That's part of the reason why they don't like that. You know what I'm saying? You will move the conversation to like the email and such. So think of that. You're helping yourself in the long run and you're getting some knowledge and some good networking connections when you're dealing with the advocacy sector, man. So check out those organizations I mentioned. Oh, and you forgot one thing to add to that. You forgot one thing. Also, you need to listen to Tribe Chat or listen to STO Smokers Lounge because we also give you the game too. Yes, yes, man. Definitely check out, man. They podcast is fire. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's fucking everywhere, man. And, Hell you know yeah, man. And, and I'm saying this before you go. I'm going to let you go. I am, honored. I am blessed to have you on my show, dog, because I look up to you. You get what I'm saying? It's guys and females that I watch in this game, and I learn the game by watching them. And I want to bring you back for more episodes. I know me, you can talk about some shit. And, you know, and plus, I know, God dang it, we some funny dudes. We have y'all laugh. So, you want to come out to Manhattan too, man. You got to come in the tribe chat. And sit down. I'm 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 planning on doing that. Uh, I'm planning to do more traveling next year. Hopefully, New York is one of the spots I'm planning to hit, as well as Atlanta, because I got peoples in the area that I can actually podcast. So I'm definitely planning to come to New York, especially now, knowing you. So I have even yeah. 
fucking wild. And check it out, you know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, people, you know how we end my podcast. Yeah, like man. Yeah, man. Oh, no. Oh, oh, sorry. And I want to say thank you for coming, okay? So, but like I said, you know how we end my podcast, people. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of experience? You can learn anything. Smoke is over. Thank you for coming, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. No doubt. All right.